Welcome to this episode of the Safety Cast. My name is Shalini Nagpal and I'm a Senior Inspector with the Construction Services Group with SafeWork New South Wales. During today's Safety Cast, we're going to discuss SafeWork's focus on reducing harms when working with earth-moving plant in construction. We will hear about some new penalty notices that have been introduced in relation to electrical services. And lastly, we will learn about the services that Before You Dig Australia provides to assist businesses in meeting their legal requirements. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Elise Perry, Senior Inspector with the Construction Services Group. Elise is the project lead for our Earth Moving Plant and Construction Project, which SafeWork New South Wales is rolling out in industry. She will talk about this project and tell us where businesses can find more information on how to manage the risks involved with the use of earth moving equipment. We are also joined by Aaron Hessian, Senior Inspector with the Infrastructure Team, who will talk firsthand about the common risks associated with earth-moving equipment and share some examples of the most common incidents involving earth-moving plants. And finally, we'll be joined by Mel Greenall, CEO from Before You Dig Australia, who will talk about BIDA's role and the services available to assist businesses in meeting their legal requirements regarding underground services information. So let's kick off. Welcome, everybody. Thanks, Shalini. Thanks, Shalini. It's awesome to have you guys. Thank you so much for joining in today. So we'll kick off with Elise first. So can you tell us about the Earth Moving Plant in Construction Project and how this has come about? Certainly, Shalini. I'm really excited about this too. The project basically stemmed from our data. So we analysed a set of data over a period of six years, which was pre-COVID, so 2014 to 2020. And it was solely based on incidents on construction sites that involved an element of plant. We excluded crane incidents given SafeWork New South Wales recently completed a proactive blitz on mobile and tower cranes already. The results were staggering really and the data showed us a pattern that over that six-year period the biggest concern was rising incidents of serious injuries and fatalities involved with earth moving plant. So what we found were three key incident types that made up almost 85% of the data combined. And these were the plant hitting services, which was about 31% of the incident data. These were both combining underground and overhead services and included gas, water, electricity, and telecommunications. The second was the plant hitting people. And the third was plant overturning. So our findings really further highlighted that the major risks associated with this type of work often result in very serious injuries and fatalities from being either struck by plant, plant overturning, excavation collapses, electrical asset strikes and electrocutions. And we've also received information informing us of the huge costs created from asset infrastructure being damaged. So as we know, earth moving plant and excavation work is crucial activity in the construction industry. However, the data is showing us how dangerous this work really can be if the correct safety precautions are not taken. SafeWork New South Wales really want to emphasise to workers and employers who work with or around earth moving plant to not take this activity lightly. And the project really aims to help educate on the actions that are critical in maintaining safety for this type of work. Well, that's really interesting. Elise, it's going to be fantastic to hear from Mel today where you can provide some insights and certainly some examples of what you're seeing from your end. So a little further to that, Elise, can you tell us about the key focus areas of the Earth Moving Plant and Construction Project? Yeah, definitely. The project ended up being really a two-in-one project being the safety of earth moving plant and then the safety of excavations, mainly because nine times out of ten, the two go hand in hand. The first key focus is first and foremost safety. So we're aiming to promote the educational resources available to industry 
inspectors will be undertaking spontaneous visits to sites to assess the safety practices in place regarding earth moving plant and excavations with a specific aim on principal contractors or persons conducting business or undertaking to ensure that they have one, identified the risks, two, assessed and controlled the risks of earth moving plant and excavations, and finally ensured that those controls have been maintained and reviewed. So safe work inspectors will aim to educate and provide the information during these blitzes. However, our role as the regulator is really to ensure and improve the safety of excavations and earth moving plant. PCBU should really be aware that safe work inspectors have the power to issue improvement notices, prohibitions and penalty notices as appropriate for any identified breaches in work health and safety legislation. And I should note that inspectors will be taking a zero tolerance approach to the high risk construction issues on site. There are also some new penalty notices that have been recently introduced for work near overhead wires and underground services with fines of up to $3,600 for corporations and $720 for individuals. So at Safe Work, we're really taking the matter quite seriously to ensure workers get home safe to their loved ones each and every day. The key strategies we found to be missing in many of the incidents were either appropriate exclusion zones for work or the plant the operator competency of the plant, inappropriate risk management of excavations, and finally not having regard for asset plans. So these four factors were quite easy for principal contractors to control and manage on their sites to ensure the safety of their site. Our website has been updated in line with this project, and there are some fabulous resources available that workers and principal contractors can use, including a site-based checklist for the safety of earth moving plant and excavations. Great, thanks for that overview, Elise. Now that we understand the scope of the Earth Moving Plant in Construction Project, I'd like to throw over to Aaron to discuss some further detail about Earth Moving Plant and the associated risks. So Aaron, what is classed as Earth Moving Equipment or Plants? Yeah, hi Shalani. Yeah, so Earth Moving Equipment or Plant is classified as any operator controlled plant used to excavate, load, transport, compact or spread earth, overburden, rubble, spoil or similar material but this does not include any industrial lift truck. Some common examples are excavators, skid steer loaders, front end loaders, graders, articulated dump trucks, rollers, and the list goes on and on with all those pieces of plant which perfect the earth's surface. Can you tell us a little bit about the common risks associated with earth moving equipment? I guess to add to Elisa's comments before, uh, the most frequently occurring risks are services strikes, people struck by plant and the overturning of plant. I also think it's important on that to highlight that projects involving earth moving often introduce a number of other common risks as well. These include, but are definitely not limited to, falls from heights and falling objects, collapse or failure of an excavation, structural collapse of any adjacent structures, and vehicle accidents, which involves plant on plant. So can you share some examples of the most common incidents involving earth moving plant? Yeah, unfortunately, Safe Work has continued to respond to a number of serious incidents involving service strikes, people struck by plant, and the overturning of plant equipment. From our experiences just this year, there have been a number of workers struck by plant. I recall one incident where an excavator was working alongside a road verge. The excavator struck and seriously injured a traffic controller while they were facing and controlling traffic throughout the site. The traffic controller was in place to direct the public traffic around the work zone, However, there was no exclusion zone or restricted access areas within the work zone to control the risk of being struck. Consequently, the traffic controller was seriously injured. 
Another concern is that overturning of plant is far too common for earth moving planning construction. I've personally seen a number of these incidents that have occurred during the loading and unloading of equipment, in particular on transport flights. Often these incidents are a result of the loading location being uneven or there being soft ground conditions in place. Working in isolation with no assistance, no spotter or guide to assist with the loading operation and operator competency. Often the float driver or truck driver loads the equipment onto the float. Operator competency is key here. Often with the driver loading the equipment onto the, the float, they're not experienced enough to be able to perform that task. And it's best practice to have a qualified operator in that equipment to load onto the float under the direction of the driver. Aaron, you mentioned overturning plant as a fairly common issue that occurs within the construction industry. Are there any other incidents that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, I would, Shalini. So additionally, there's been a few other, uh, well, a fair few other overturning incidents which have occurred due to earth movement equipment being used to sling and suspend loads. This is where the capacity of the equipment has been exceeded. So consequently, this resulted in the equipment overturning, some of which were due to exceedances of the safe working limits, others due to the operating on steep gradients, which has then exceeded the rated capacity of the equipment, resulting in an incident occurring. Well, how about service strikes? With regards to service strikes, in my experience, the most common occurring over the last year would have to be equipment striking overhead services, particularly during night work. This has been due to inadequate controls implemented and the overhead power cables being almost invisible against the dark sky. In most instances, this is due to the fact that a lot of night work is conducted with a compressed time frame, and that's due to occupational licenses and other similar factors. So when you've got those road occupation license, it sees control measures incorrectly implemented or not implemented at all, just to save time. How can businesses best manage the risks involved with earth moving plant and excavations? So I'll start if you like, Shalini. In regards to the information available to manage risks associated with the use of earth moving equipment, Safe Work New South Wales has a broad range of information available, which I spoke about a little earlier, including a really handy checklist, which has been developed for PCB use. Essentially, though, businesses should be assessing their risks on site and make sure that their controls are appropriate to the risk. For example, an exclusion zone needs to be appropriate to the size of the plant and the workspace and the task. One of the biggest issues is the competency of the operator or the operator not being given all the information applicable to their task. Therefore, the consultation on site is key. The site supervisor, workers and operators should all be clearly aware of the task to be undertaken, how it is to be done and precautions in place to ensure safety at all times. And this goes hand in hand with asset plans that Before You Dig Australia provides, ensuring that these plans are obtained, current, utilised appropriately on site to locate and protect assets before excavation is undertaken. And lastly, excavations are seriously dangerous work. And with the weather changes we have seen, we really need to be cautious and aware of how this can affect the ground conditions. So further to what Elise has just provided, I suppose to speak broadly about managing the risks associated with the use of earth moving equipment, some main points businesses should be considering are overhead and underground services. So contact Before You Dig Australia to obtain the plans for site and as necessary, consult with any network owners 
Additionally, a good tool for overhead services is the Lookup and Live app, which provides overhead services information readily about overhead assets. The app is available online or in the App Store. So planning for pedestrians and equipment movements, how will these be eliminated or minimised? How will it change as the site progresses and changes? And making assessment of ground conditions and ensuring that you make an assessment of the work that you're conducting and ensure a geotechnical engineer or competent person is consulted about the nature of the excavation. And will there be excavations and edges where a person could fall? How will the excavation edges be protected from falls and falling objects? Can barrier systems be installed there to ensure that the edge of the excavation is safe where people will not fall into the excavation? And remembering that a fall from height is not just based upon working from height, you can be working at ground level and still fall. So taking a look at some set down and lay down areas for your equipment. Are there suitable loading and unloading areas? For example, a location with minimal traffic movement and firm level ground. So lastly, considering the need for traffic management, planning movements internal and external to site for vehicles entering and exiting onto public roads. This includes preparing traffic management plans, traffic guidance systems and vehicle management plans that may need to be implemented depending on the size and scope of the project. So these considerations and the control measures which I've just outlined are not new to the industry. However, what we are finding on site is often the control measures aren't being implemented effectively or the risks are not being addressed appropriately. Thanks, Aaron. So what would you say are some of the most effective controls that businesses could implement when using earth moving equipment? I would have to say Shalini, exclusion zones or restricted access zones placed around earth moving plant work areas would be the highest order of control. So eliminate or isolate. If no one is there, they can't be injured, right? Yes, you're spot on. So additionally, signage and marking is also important for any implementation of restricted access zones. And that's for easy identification for everyone on site. Additionally, making use of radio communications on earth moving sites, for example, to communicate with an operator at a safe distance. Radio communications can also be effectively applied on plant-on-plant -on -plant interactions by the use of call points between work zones to control movement throughout the site. And of particular importance, on any earth-moving site with pedestrian presence, delineated and protected pedestrian access and egress ways should be implemented about the site to minimise vehicle and pedestrian interaction. People never win against any plant equipment, and it's what we've seen in all of our statistics. So lastly, and an important part of the management process, any controls that have been implemented should be reviewed periodically or as changes occur within the site to ensure the control measures remain effective in controlling those risks. This is some really good information that you've shared with us, Aaron. So just to clarify, is a safe work method statement required for the operation of earth moving equipment? Yeah, Shalini, so absolutely in most cases it is. A safe work method statement is required for a high risk construction work activity. This applies to earth moving equipment where any work is carried out in an area with movement of mobile powered plant at the workplace or any work where there is a risk of falling two metres. And remember, this could be conducting pre-operational checks on some plant at height. Lastly, work in or near a tranche or shaft that is excavated to a depth of greater than 1.5 metres. Thanks, Aaron. That's great. So now I'll turn to our guest speaker from BIDA before you dig Australia, CEO Mel Greenall. Mel, thanks so much for joining us today to share a little bit about BIDA's role and the services which BIDA provides to help businesses meet their legal requirements regarding services information. 
Thanks for having me. We're really thrilled to be part of this safety focus. Fantastic. So can you tell us about BIDA's role in the services that BIDA provides to help businesses meet their legal requirements regarding essential services? Absolutely. So Before You Dig Australia provides free plans for underground assets across Australia to anybody that's going to engage in excavation or digging activities going to rate ground. So we really should be that first step in planning any excavation job in ensuring that you have identified the risk of underground infrastructure. Further to that, we also provide free damage awareness training for industry. So that can be from a toolbox talk to an in-depth session for your crew around how to identify those plans, identify the risks. You know, the plans can be quite different from asset owner to asset owner. So we can work with you to ensure that everybody on site knows how to read those plans, but then also making sure that they understand those steps around safe excavation, such as potholing, you know, protecting the assets once they're exposed and ensuring they understand the asset owner's specific safety requirements for particularly high voltage and high pressure gas. That's fantastic. It definitely provides a great range of resources and services. So I know that there's been a recent change in name from Dial Before You Dig to Before You Dig Australia. Can you shed some light on this recent change? I can. So as you said, we used to be known as Dial Before You Dig in each of the states and territories because we used to operate as six very separate businesses around the country. So about 18 months ago, our collective state boards all came together and recognised that there was synergy in coming together as a truly national organisation. And that allows us to streamline our services to the excavation and civil construction sector, improve our messaging for homeowners doing DIY, and also how we engage with government and regulators such as yourselves around ensuring that we are able to partner with you as a safety partner to promote safe excavation and making sure that we're getting that message out there. That's excellent. It's great to see that there's a consistent approach across the board, which is certainly helpful to businesses. So what tools and resources does BIDA provide? Doing a five-minute simple submission via our website, byda.com.au, you can do your plan requests. So basically just putting in that address, requesting those underground asset plans, and they will come back through to you via email, including the specific safety messaging from each of our asset owners, because each will have slightly different requirements around how to work safely around their infrastructure. As I said, we do free training. So I've got a team everywhere and in every state and city that can come out and do toolbox talks or online or in-depth sessions with your crews to ensure that they understand how to read those plans, work safely out on site. One of our big issues is sometimes we're seen as a bit of a tick and flick. You get those plans, you shove them in a drawer and no one sees the light of day. What we want to make sure is that the guys operating the plant that are actually out there on site have seen those plans, understand them and know how to work safely. Just like you, we want everybody to go home safe each and every day. Fantastic. I'm going to throw a curly one in, Mel. Sure. So what type of workers are employed by BIDA? So there's uh, lunatics like myself who get to do all the administration and help make sure the business runs smoothly every day. I've got qualified locators on team as well who have gone through the certification process and really understand the ins and outs and the difficulties of identifying assets out on site. No one said identifying the assets was easy. The plans are one thing, but then you've actually got to find them on site And sometimes infrastructure can be up to 100 years old out on site. So whilst the plan says it should have been in a straight line, back in the day, it might have had to go around a tree and under a crevice and around the corner. And that's why you've got to actually locate it on site. The plans are just indicative. So we need to actually take those steps to find them. I also have qualified trainers on team. You know, I've got a range of skill sets that are out there that really understand the pressure points of working in construction and the need to work safely. And that's why we're here to work with industry. Excellent. So how can businesses contact BIDA? 
So it's a really simple process. Simply by going through byda.com.au, you can log for your plans and requests and have those through. There's also a call centre and it's the old 1100 number that many of your listeners might be familiar with. So double one, double zero, and that'll take you through to our help centre if you're having any issues lodging your plan requests. And then obviously there's our direct lines to our team and our emails, et cetera. So we basically try to be available and as flexible to meeting industry's needs to make sure that they get what they need to work safely. So we've previously heard from industry that it can take some time to obtain essential service maps. What timeframes should businesses expect when they contact before you dig Australia? Look, we've, like everything, technology has improved. And back in the 80s, when it used to be send it all out in the post or the old school faxes, we've come a long way since then. So these days, from lodging your plan request online, the average time's about 10 minutes to hit that inbox. And you can do it via apps on your phone as well. So normally about 10 minutes for most of our larger asset owners. But we do know that some of our smaller councils and in regional areas where there might be smaller asset owners, it can take up to sort of 24 hours if they've got to manually go and find those plans and dig them out and scan them in. So we always recommend for any job, lodge your plan request within 24 hours of actually going out and breaking ground. That does sound like a pretty quick turnaround from between 10 minutes to 24 hours. That's excellent. So how long are these essential services maps valid for? It's really important for industry to realise that these plans are only valid for 28 days. And so you need to ensure that you're relodging. And we have made that easy for everyone. You can tick a box when you lodge those plans that will auto renew and send those refresh plans every 28 days. And you might ask, well, why is that? Because surely these pipes are just sitting in the ground. Well, yes, they are. But there's always new works going on and out and about in the place, and particularly where we've got flood mitigations going on and reworks going on. There may be new infrastructure being laid as part of that process of, you know, renewals and protecting original assets that might be damaged from floods. But we've got new suburbs going live all the time and, you know, new developments and new critical infrastructure being laid. So that's why our asset owners say hit the renewal every 28 days because there might be new substations, new cabling, new pipe work being laid from the time that you've originally planned to do that job to when you're actually getting out on site. Well, you've raised some really valid points, Mill, and I think that all our listeners will take away some real learnings like I have when you mentioned that there's new infrastructure projects and changes and movements that impact underground services. So thank you for sharing. I might ask just, I suppose, what would you leave us with in terms of the five piece to excavation that you've mentioned to me in a recent conversation? So it sounds really simple, the five P's. First being plan, plan in advance. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. It's a pretty common saying out there with safety. So make sure you've done that original plan request and have checked that you've received all of the asset owners plans in your inbox and have checked their specific safety requirements. We want to make sure that you're prepared. So if those plans are just indicative and you think you've got a bit of a challenging work site, get a certified locator out on site to really make sure that those assets are mapped out and you know exactly where they are before you permits breaking ground. And part of that process is the third P, potholing. So that's actually using safe practicing to dig a small hole, site the assets, make sure they are where they say they are before you gain break ground. Because these things can be tricky. They've been in the ground a long time and things, you know, with flooding, et cetera, we all know Earth is moving around at the moment. The other fourth one then is protect. And so as you're excavating and you're exposing that infrastructure as you go along, make sure that you've put appropriate barricades and protections in place so that you're not going to then damage that infrastructure as you're doing that construction job. And our asset owners will have specific requirements about how to do that safely. And if you're sort of concerned or come across a challenge, it's really important for your listeners to know our asset owners want to work with you guys to make sure that that job's done safely. It's much better to prevent damage than try and repair it. 
So they will, if you give them a call, come out on site and they'll work with you to plan that job safely around their infrastructure. And again, make sure all those steps are taken to make sure that nothing's exposed and no one gets hurt. And then once you've done all of those steps, then of course proceed and proceed with care and caution. And then in this weather, things can change dramatically overnight. So it's always around before you go on site that day, make sure you walk through the site, check it, check that nothing's changed, check that no new risks have come into play and make sure everybody gets home safe. Thanks, Mills. So what's BIDA's website details? So it's byda.com.au and the same with our socials. If you search us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, you'll find us on Before You Dig. And again, free plans. So make sure you do it. As we say here at BIDA, there's no excuse for digging blind. So make sure you lodge those plans, stay up to date with, you know, changes in industry and follow those five Ps because we want you to go home safe. That's our mission. Zero damage, zero harm. Excellent. Thanks so much, Mel. And we'll include the link to your website at the bottom of our safety cast. So before we wrap up, I'm going to throw back to Elise to share some of the resources that SafeWork has developed to support industry in this space. Yeah, we're really excited because we've spent a lot of time putting the resources together that are available on the new webpage. So if the listeners head over to safework.newsouthwales.gov.au and type in search earth moving plant and excavations they will find a brand new page filled with resources and information so we created a one-stop shop on that page with videos links instant releases checklists guidance material all applicable to earth moving plant and excavations and of special note is a link to a checklist we developed which i mentioned a little bit earlier for pcbus and pcs on site so they can check the same information that inspectors will be looking for when they visit We've also linked resources such as video safety alerts and previous incidents as lessons learnt. There is also a direct link to BIDA and BIDA resources. Fantastic. So I'd like to thank our guest speakers for your time today and for providing some really good information during today's safety cast. No worries, Shalini. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, Shalini. Thank you for having me. Thanks. It's been a real pleasure. Fantastic. Thank you. So in wrapping up, my key takeaways have been that working with earth moving plant is high risk and has many factors to consider above, below and on the ground. That there are a range of resources through Before You Dig Australia and through Safe Work New South Wales. And lastly, that Safe Work inspectors are out and about checking for compliance in this space. So we're really hoping that today's safety cast is going to provide you with a framework to work within and to be able to manage those risks appropriately. To our listeners, if you'd like to read more about this topic or other work health and safety topics, please head to our website at www.safework.nsw.gov.au. Alternatively, you can call 13 1050 for more information. If you need to report an incident or you need to speak to someone at SafeWork New South Wales, please phone 13 1050 or use the Speak Up app. And lastly, please share this production with your industry colleagues and contacts. Thank you.